back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Sechtas Psachim, Perek Gimel, Mishnah Beis, and Mishnah Dalit. Here's the following question. Let's say you have a kneading trough. It's some sort of receptacle made out of wood, and you knead all your dough in there. Now what happens, oftentimes, you'll have little pieces of dough that will get into the cracks, the nooks, the crannies of this dough. Must you remove those, or do you not have to remove those? So for, right away, they'll say, what do you mean? Chalmates, it's us, sir. It's prohibited. Even the mashu, a tiny bit is prohibited. So why are you allowed to keep it there? So what's happening here is you actually want the dough to get in there and to remain there because as long, so long as you have hard dough in these cracks, it will smooth out the, the, this, this uh, receptacle, and therefore it will prevent next time you need dough in there, the dough from getting in the cracks. So it actually serves to be a sealant and seal the cracks in. Well, now says our Mishnah. You have dough in the cracks of the kneading trough. If you have an olive's worth, a kazayas of dough in one place, you have, you have obligated to dispose of the chametz or dispose of the trough. Why? Because it's so large, we don't assume that it becomes part of the trough. Whereas in love, there's no olive's worth there. We say it's nullified, meaning to say that it becomes part of the trough. It's now, now instead of looking at this as chametz, look at this as, as a piece of wood. It's part of the trough. It's now, it's, it's an ingredient in making the trough. And therefore, you do, you do not have to remove it and dispose of it on Pesach. It was interesting, Din, that so long as you want it to be there, and it's less than a kezayis, so then we can say it becomes batel and becomes part of the trough because, in fact, it's stuck within the walls of the trough and it's serving to as, a, as part of the uh, material of the trough, if you will. Then the Mishnah says, the same would apply in regards to Tumma. This means as follows, that we know, and we've discussed Tumma many times, including in the first parak, that if something that's Tumma touches a piece of food, that piece of food becomes Tumma, but the food is not going to transmit Tumma to a receptacle, to a Kli. Well, what happens here is as follows. You have your trough, and in the, tr- the cracks of your trough, you have a piece of Chumet, you have a piece of dough. And then something Tumma touches that dough, well, if we assume that dough is not really dough, but it's now become subsumed in bottle and part of the trough, so then we assume not only that dough become tummy, but the the whole trough will become tummy. Whereas if we say no, it's a separate entity, it's larger than a kazayas, so then that piece of dough will become tummy, but it's not going to then transport tumma to the trough because it's two separate things, and therefore it serves as a barrier in a position preventing the trough from becoming tummy. So the chain inyan tumma says our Mishnah that if the piece of dough is the size of an olive, since it's not considered part of the trough in regards to the laws of Pesach, it's not considered uh, part of the trough with regard to the laws of Tumah. Therefore, yes, the dough will become Tumah, but the trough itself will not. Whereas if the, the, the dough that is touched is less than an olive size, it's considered part of the trough, it's subsumed as part of the trough, and therefore, when it becomes Tumah, so does the um, trough as well. In Machbeta love Chotzis. But then the Mishnah says it's important to know if he's particular about this, as in, he doesn't want to leave the dough, dough in the crack, he plans to remove it, so then it serves as a, um, then it's not considered part of the trough, but it serves as a barrier, seemingly even, even if it's less than a kezayis. But he wants it to remain there, how are you ka'arva? But then it is considered part of the trough, and therefore, sorry, then it is considered part of the trough, and therefore it will become tummy, and as well the trough itself will become tummy. What about silent dough? What's silent dough? So that is as follows, that once dough begins to rise, it has, if you if you bang on it or you drop it, it has a certain thump, a certain sound to it. And that's, they know that it's rising, it's, it's, rise, it's starting to rise. So later you have dough, however, that for some reason the yeast is dead, whatever it may be, it's not rising. 
but the water and the and the uh, flour have been mixed together long enough. So now the question is, at what point does it become chametz if it's not ex- exhibiting the signs of chimutz? So there's two ways to do it to figure out. If let's say you make two batches of dough simultaneously, one begins to rise and one is what we call silent dough. It's not rising. Well, once we see that the uh, the one that's rising has risen, so then we know that the one that has is just a mixture of flour and water that didn't rise. It's considered chametz as well because they're working on parallel tracks here. But in live, what if you don't have? Uh, you only made one batch. How is it also Then it's uh, it becomes also when things normally become chametz. And when do we think assume things normally become chametz? Uh, we say that's about eighteen minutes, which is the way we pass eighteen minutes. Okay. Adkan Mishnah base. Mishnah Gimel is a fascinating Mishnah, and this brings together a lot of different ideas uh, and ideas in the, uh, that we know. Let's say a person has chal. Chal is the dough that one removes from. Not, it's not actual chal that one braids, but it's the dough one removes when one create one makes a mixture of flour and water, and they create enough. They have to take off chal. Chal goes to the kohen. Now here's the thing: chal that's tummy does not go to the kohen. It has to be burnt. The problem is as follows: We do not burn. We do. We, yes, we are allowed to make fires or kindle fires or and cook on Yom Tov. We can only cook things that are for our benefit, and we're going to use on Yom Tov. If we're not going to use it on Yom Tov, i.e., challah, where it's 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 a tume, So the only reason we're burning it is just to eliminate it. One's not allowed to do that on Yom Tov either because it's just excess, or perhaps there may be a separate prohibition. In fact, of burning truma and challah on Yom Tov. So we'll leave that as, well, however it is. Let's just, the point is, one's not allowed to burn chal that's impure on Yom Tov. Well, now here, now you're in a bind. Because ready for this dilemma? You want to make a big batch of matzos. The problem is that you have to separate chal. And we're talking about this this whole batch is tummy. Well, when you separate your chal, you're not allowed to burn it because it's Yom Tov. But if you let it stay there, it's going to rise. And then you're going to be over by your rabbi and matzah, owning chal on Yom owning chametz on, 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 on Pesach. What can you do? You're in a bind. How do you separate challah from an isa that became tamay? Rabbi Omer lo tikr lo shem Eliezer has a creative idea. There's no obligation to separate challah right away. You can separate your challah only once it's cooked. You can make uh, all your matzah and then designate one of the cooked pieces of matzah to be challah. So that's a very simple solution. Make Cook it all and then only afterwards separate your challah's tamay, put it aside and burn it tomorrow. You don't really say, Omer, no, tito bitzonin. Put it, they take a separate challah and drop it into cold water. The cold water will prevent it from leavening, from becoming chametz. And then after yantif, or after cholamoid, uh, you can burn it. Amr Bishua, lo zehu chametz is mizar and Allah, b'bali rabbi Bishua says, no. This, that we have a concept, a law, where the Torah says, b'bali rabbi yamatza, you should not have any chametz in your home, i.e., you cannot own chametz. That is only for chametz that is yours. But if it's not yours, i.e., it belongs to the Kohanim, the house of the Kahuna, it belongs to the Sheva Kahuna, not an individual, but the entity of Kohanim. Once you separate and designate as Truma, as Chala, it now belongs to Kohanim, not to you. So then you have no issue ha- having it in your home. You're not, you're not an owner of it. You're just, it happens to be in your house. Take it, place it somewhere until the evening, even though it's going to rise. And if it becomes Chametz, it becomes Chametz. It's not your problem. Again, is only for Chametz that you own. Now, Rashi has a fascinating comment on this Mishnah with major implications. Rashi says, how do I know that one is not obligated, one is not, um, you know, in Bayi Ra, one is not commanded in owning Chametz that, that's not theirs? Says Rashi, the Lavdi Dehu, once you say this is Chala, it's no longer yours. The Krok, even the Pasuk says, Shalach 
This that you're not allowed to see, you're not allowed to own chametz, that is what it's yours. But says Rashi, this doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. It's not your friends. Rather, it belongs to the Kohanim in general, but not to an individual, not to an individual. And therefore, there's no problem with it becoming chametz because, again, it's not in your ownership. What's fascinating about this Rashi is Rashi throws in an extra word. Yes, I understand it's not yours because it belongs to the Kohanim, but Rashi says it's not yours or your friends. Well, who cares if it's your friends? Your friends, if your friend owns it, if if Yaakov owns my chum, owns chametz, I'm not going to be in violation. Yaakov will be in violation. So why do I care? Why is that relevant to this to this Mishnah, where the Mishnah is trying to tell us and teach us that Balyira only apply, only applies, as in the prohibition of owning chametz, only applies to yourself. And this was where the Gra makes a has a famous opinion where he says that not only are you not allowed to have chametz in your home that you own. But you're not allowed to house chametz in your home that belongs to another Jew. That Bali Rabbi Matzah doesn't isn't just chametz you own. You can't even house chametz if it belongs to another Jew. And therefore, our mission is telling us that this challah, because you haven't given it to Kohen, you just designated it for the entity of Kahuna. So there's no Bali Rabbi Matzah. But if it does belong to another Kohen or belongs to another Jew, there would in fact be a prohibition for you to house it in your home. I wish you all a wonderful day.